Hello, and welcome to another episode of Starside Chat. This one's episode 17. I am the, one of the hosts, Zach Owens, and joining me is Aaron Capo. Hello. How's it going? It's going well. How about you? Uh, Pretty well. I'm tired. I've been getting up early because school has started again. That's right. We both have uh, started school. But uh, the weekend is not far off and we'll be able to sleep and maybe catch up on more of this uh, this Gamescom stuff, which is going to be the main topic this week. And so we should probably just dive right in. Gamescom 2018. It's sort of like I've heard it described as E3 for Europe, but... Uh, I, I, also, like, I, feel I like also not as feel like it's happen. yeah, it's in between like two different like big shows, so I feel like it gets overlooked a little bit. What else? What's so E three and then what, what's, the, what's other one? the one that's after this one? There's one that comes up after this. Oh, Tokyo Game Show. Maybe that's what it is. I can't remember which one it is, but I know there's another one that's fairly big that's like right around the corner after this. I feel like the thing I'm most excited for is the Game Awards, which isn't until like yeah. November or December because Jeff Keighley is like really good about having crazy reveals all throughout that show. Yeah. Like the Breath of the Wild DLC, that was, I think the Game Awards was when they were just like, guess what? You can have a motorcycle now in Breath of the Wild, and it's available right now. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, my God. That is kind of turning more and more into, like, another E3, like a yeah. winter E3 or whatever. But Which is great. Yeah, it is great. I No, I was just, uh, I was listening fairly recently to the Giant Bomb cast, and they were talking about how they don't even go to Gamescom anymore because it's like... It almost doesn't make sense for them to do it just because there's like big shows happening like both before and after that. So they just don't go to it anymore. And it doesn't seem like there's a ton of I mean, there's one really big piece of news, but it doesn't seem like a lot of stuff gets revealed. It's sort of just like showcasing like, hey, remember E3? This is the stuff we had at E3. The demos are slightly different and like a few more things have playable demos. Yeah, basically you're just seeing more extended like gameplay of stuff that you've already seen. Mm-hmm. And like I feel like bigger announcements and like new stuff will come later. So, but nevertheless, let's jump into the stuff that stood out to us. And I want you to tell me about Nvidia's new graphics cards. It's been rumored for a long time, Zach. It's uh been in the works, but they unveiled NVIDIA unveiled their new cards, their 2070 and their 2080s with RTX technology. You know what that is? I don't. Ray tracing is the big buzzword this year. What is it? Okay, I tried to do a little bit of research this so I could describe it to you. But basically what I think it is, is currently the way games are rendered is a process called rasterization, where basically lines are shot out from the camera or like the viewpoint of the character and it's all just like triangles and it's very compu it's it's gotten very um efficient like they know that if any sort of geometry is not in the field of view of the camera they like don't, they have to ignore it or like if some part of geometry is behind another part of geometry they can ignore it so that's how it happens right now But that's not how human eyes work. Human eyes work by light being emitted from a source and then that light sort of like bouncing around off of things. And then we see the light uh, sort of bouncing off of objects. And that's sort of what ray tracing is, I think, is it's mostly lighting, I want to say. Like the end result of it is that light is being emitted from objects in a different way and it's computationally very taxing, but these cards have ray tracing like modules on them that are dedicated to ray tracing. And the end result of that is like way more photorealistic graphics. Like people are saying this is the biggest leap in graphics this decade. And people in film have been using it for a while, but uh you know, they have time to render stuff. Like, stuff takes time to render, and you have that time. But video games, they'll have to render at, like, 60 frames a second. And so that can be a little difficult. So what I have heard is that these 
cards are great. They're not going to make new game or now they're not going to make current games look better. I mean, they are, but this ray tracing is only going to be implemented somewhat uh, initially. Like probably it'll make reflections and shadows in games uh, higher fidelity, but there's not going to be a game that's like 100% ray tracing graphics for a while it's just going to yeah, be slightly implemented i was going to ask about that i was like so how much further out do we need to wait for like the games to really take advantage of this i'm not sure about that i saw people on twitter speculating somebody asked a developer or somebody like hey this ray tracing technology is like the new hotness is this going to be like in the new console generation and that person who is in the know was like, probably not this generation, but the generation after is going to be all about ray tracing. So and it's so sort of a the new generation pick. after. So uh, does he mean the one that's upcoming suspected like 2020, 2021? No. So the one after that. PlayStation 6, basically, unless something else changes. Ray tracing is because the thing is, think about rasterization. The current method of uh, like rendering stuff in games is that it's gotten very efficient and people it's built into all the workflows. And so to drastically change it, basically change engines around like I don't know how I don't think it's just a plug in where like you can just click something in Unity and be like, oh, no, I'm doing ray tracing. Uh, I wonder what that'll mean for backwards compatibility then. Also a super good question. Yeah, I mean, the fidelity it seems to give you is like a crazy leap. I don't know. We can maybe link it in the show notes, but uh, there was a real-time demo. There's like a Star Wars demo. Did you see that? That ray tracing demo? Like back when they were first announcing ray tracing, uh, like, I don't even, like GDC or something. No, but I want to see it. Actually, let me see if I can find it really quick. Hold on. So we can put it in the show notes. YouTube. I was going to say, it all sounds fairly complicated to me, but uh, Ars Technica uh, put together some info that's way more detailed than we can like get into. And <laughs> we'll link that in the show notes for sure. Here, really quickly, I want you you to just watch this and I want your reactions. Because the main thing it allows for is like very realistic shadows and uh, why did I write Star Ray? It should be Star <laughs> Wars. Well, uh, you're, you're all about ray tracing. So star, star Ray Tracing Wars. Take a look at that. Because it is real time. So this is like, it's not like baked in uh, stuff. But it looks cinema quality because the reflections and lighting is so good. Yeah, this does look really good. Like every, also just like everything, they had to use Phasma because she's like all reflections. Like her mm. character is being a reflection. <laughs> it's just like crazy. The lighting looks so good. And this is like, they could pause, the, like this is a playable demo, I think. Not playable, but they can like, it's not pre-baked or like it's, uh, it's running in real time. So what you're telling me is like lighting and uh, reflections and all of that are going to get like a huge leap forward. Exactly. And like I have heard speculation that in the coming months slash year, year and a half, we might see like indies, like like small independent projects that are sort of like proof of concept, ray tra- like fully ray traced games. Uh, and those are going to look like photorealistic crazy, but they're just going to be simplistic things, probably like toys or just like, um, I guess I'm thinking about there's another ray tracing demo of these just like tiny little robots running around. So who's to say? But yeah, ray tracing, you're going to hear a lot about in the next two or three years, and it's going to slowly get implemented. And who knows? Maybe there will be some sort of technology implemented in the ps5 and whatever they're going to call the xbox but for now it's just something that's interesting and it's hot out the presses and uh if you want to spend like twelve hundred dollars yeah i was gonna say a... did they did they put a price tag on this because i'm guessing it's way up there it's Cons- not cheap i gotta say uh people are saying you should uh hang out and not buy these for a while well especially since games aren't really utilizing this technology no. quite yeah. yet so yeah I, like like you were saying when PlayStation 6 drops, that's when it'll be <laughs> like time to go after these. But anyway, next up, 
I want you to also tell me about Devil May Cry 5. Zach, have you ever played a Devil May Cry game? I have not. It's, I love, we've talked about this before, but it's similar. Bayonetta is heavily influenced by Devil May Cry. It's sort of like a, um, what's a good word for it? On the Game Informer podcast, they described it as a stylish action game, kind of. It's, but it's basically like um, a game we're going to talk about later, like Darksiders, just like third person hack and slash where you're upgrading your character uh a thing or like god of war 2 or like the initial god of war games even like basically a thing where you're a third person you're running around there's like really intense action gameplay and devil may cry is known for just like uh you know you have guns and you have a sword and you're kind of running around and i'm not 100 percent on the lore of everything but uh i really enjoyed like bayonetta and I've played a majority, I think, of the Devil May Cry games because it's just fun. You just like you run around and you're collecting souls, I think, basically. Oh, like and, Dark uh, Souls. Similar to Dark Souls in some ways, but not really. And <laughs> uh, this one, there are three playable characters. You play as, I think, Nero is the guy they're showing. And then Dante is like the main character of Devil May Cry. And then a secret third character that they're not talking about right now. But... The main reason I wanted to talk about this, one, it looks great and it's going to be super fun and I'll play it and it's everyone should check it out. But if you go to this trailer that I posted, uh, this is the first time they're showing Dante as a playable character. And so if you skip to about, uh, I want to say two minutes and 25 seconds, it seems like he is going to have a very interesting play style because it seems as though he is constantly on a motorcycle, but he can also rip the motorcycle in half and use it as two giant swords. Yeah, this looks crazy. It is By chance, is this, you know, when we were talking about new Smash Brothers characters and we wanted classic ones, and I said mm. Excite Bike because it would be crazy to have a, a character who was <laughs> always on a bike and he was basically doing tricks and that's how he did dealt damage. Were they listening and they like quickly oh threw God. something together? Is that what happened? They hacked us, Zach. <laughs> We've been hacked. But this looks super fun. I I should let you borrow. I have the like Bayonetta 1 and 2 edition for Switch. And if you've never played like a hack and slash, I find it just to be really fun because you're constantly, it's like those first God of War games where like it's, you have your Blades of Chaos, but then you're constantly unlocking crazy secondary weapons and also just like different modes of traversal. In a lot of ways, it's a little bit like, sort of like Zelda, early Zelda games where, like, you would get to a place in a dungeon and be like, oh, you can't go there yet. But then all of a sudden you have these gloves later on, you go back and you can open up this new area. Mm. Sort of just, you know, it's like a, I'm not sure what the exact terminology is, like a Zelda-like or something like that, but more hack and slashy, like with really extreme over-the-top scenes in combat. Yeah, I need to come up with... So there's, like, Metroidvania that's smashed together. What if there was, like, a Zelda of War? Uh, Ooh, that's gonna... That's that's, actually perfect for what we're gonna talk about later. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So that'll be... We've created a new thing. Like Zelda of War. That's actually... That's genius, yeah. The the genre mashup that everybody has been looking for. Uh, I have not played any of the Devil May Cry games, uh, but, I mean, the way you describe them sound interesting, and the trailers do look, like, really crazy. Yeah. And it does just kind of seem like a little bit like a crazy anime type of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would, I would check it out, but, uh, yeah, I've, I haven't played them before. Oh, March 8th, twenty. Hey, that's my birthday. Oh, my God, Zach, it's coming out on your birthday. Is this a present for me? It could be. Maybe it is. Uh, so moving on, uh, another big name game is coming to the Nintendo Switch. This Lay it is, on me, Zach. It's kind of random, uh, but Saints Row the Third is coming to the Switch. Did you play Saints Row the Third? The only Saints Row game I've ever played is the fourth one. Is The fourth one is the one where you're in the Matrix, right? I mean, I, I've not played any of the Saints Row games. The fourth one starts, and you are <laughs> the president of America, and then maybe of the world actually. And then uh, aliens attack, and they you escape, and you like 
they have trapped civilization in like a matrix and so you get in you like hack into that matrix i think what it was is it was the same map from saints row the third but it was in the matrix so like every once in a while you would walk up on someone and they'd have like crazy long arms or like no eyes because they'd be glitching out uh it was very funny and a crazy thing about those games is that keith david is plays himself in those and he just like (laughs) hangs out with you that is funny. No, my question was going to be, why not Saints Row 4? Like, why is the third one coming to the Solid Switch? question. I'm not really sure. I have often heard that Saints Row 2 is, like, the best one. So I'm not sure huh. what the... Re- I like the uh, reporting of this is so great because every gaming news outlet is basically, like, some form of Saints Row the third is coming on Switch, I guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> Saints Row the third is for some reason coming out to switch or is that that's great i guess because why not but all right <laughs> well but uh so the the publisher of this uh deep silver they also do like uh they did a red faction right the re-release oh. of that i want to say they're just like we have all these properties that we've not done anything with Let's start re-releasing things and see, like, kind of, you know, what the reception is for these, and maybe we'll start making new ones. Wait, is Deep Solar affiliated with the THQ Nordic? Yeah, I think they, or maybe they just bought different, um, like, they bought the different properties from was it THQ that like closed down? I don't remember. Am I because getting I my think- facts wrong? Probably. I'm not sure because uh, this is, I think, is related maybe to Time Splitters. Did we talk about that last week? Uh, I don't remember, but I do want them to bring back Time Splitters. THQ now owns Time Splitters and like heavily speculates. It's the, the. I feel like you're right about them doing Red Faction stuff. Like everyone is super into them releasing the first three Time Splitters games as like a package would be so fun and also maybe if that does well they make another time splitters i played a ton of time splitters 2 on the gamecube back in the day it i was, believe i only played future perfect which is the third one that so i didn't play that one i wanted to because i was so into the second one but i think by then like bigger series had come out and i had moved on but i remember like the marketing for uh, Time Splitters 2 was like the spiritual successor to GoldenEye. And so that's yeah. why I initially started playing it. But it was. I mean, it was like, because like Perfect Dark came out after GoldenEye, and that was really great. But that was more like, oh, serious, like the Illuminati and like mm-hmm. aliens. And the tone of Time Splitters was just like very charming. Like it was very zany. There were monkeys yeah. happening. It was all over the place. Uh, like crazy guns. Yeah, there were maps like. Uh, from all over the world it was kind of like you know before overwatch which gets credited for like you know having characters and locations all around the world like time splitters 2 was kind of already doing that but uh yeah like you could set up uh multiplayer matches offline obviously but like against bots and so like this was kind of like uh, before horde mode, I, me and like a friend or my brother would like play and we would like set up all these bots to come like attack us basically on these different maps. And you could even like create your own maps, which was kind of a fun thing to do. But, uh, and you could play as a monkey. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the, the great thing. Like, obviously, Odd Job was the character to be in Goldeneye, but you could play as a monkey. <laughs> and you could dual wield weapons. Well, I guess you could do that in Goldeneye as well. But uh, yeah, there were so many different crazy, like wild characters that you could play as or that you could like set up to come attack you. It was crazy. Zach, you mentioned Overwatch and that made me remember there's Overwatch news as well. Oh, what, what is the news? It's all about D.Va. They released a new animated short all about D.Va. I, I watched it and it was good. But also there's a new D.Va-centric map in Busan, which is like that one train movie. You're familiar with that train movie. Yeah, Train to Busan. That's uh, getting a sequel, apparently. Wasn't, uh, maybe, was it not that one that was also getting like an American remake? Mm, that would not surprise me. I don't know. Actually... They're making a Snowpiercer TV show. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what it was. But uh, I did watch that movie. Lots of, I'm not super into zombie movies 
anymore. Yeah, I did not watch it because I assumed it would end very depressingly. If I recall correctly, it kind of does. <laughs> did it leave itself open for a sequel? Because I think that did get ordered for a sequel. I mean, probably. It's been a while since I've seen it, but... Anyway, Busan. Busan. So, new map. That's exciting. I did see that uh, they released a new animated short for uh, D.Va, who is a character I've played a lot uh, this year when I got... So, I, I, I think we talked about this at one point. I bought Overwatch on PC and started playing on PC, and I started playing characters that I just never played before on PS4, and Diva was one of them, and I was like, oh, this character is actually a lot of fun. I just was <laughs> afraid to play the character before because I didn't understand you know, like how it worked, and I was super bad at it, but it's a very fun character, and uh, I need to actually sit down and watch the, the animated short, but um, exciting. New maps. New maps are always exciting. They like Blizzard is so good at just like keeping their games going with like fresh content. Like, yeah. World, didn't World of Warcraft also get a like an update or some like DLC or something? Because I feel like yeah. everybody's been playing and talking about World of Warcraft recently. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, we're not really expert. I've never played it, and I don't think you have either. So we don't really. I didn't write anything about it, but yeah, it did have a. I think it's been well received. This new uh, DLC. I don't even remember what it's called, but I mean, the point is that that game is ridiculously old by like today's gaming standards where most games don't make it like aren't supported for longer than like a couple of years so i don't know i just i like blizzard's uh approach to uh games and franchises so i agree i that's why i want to support more overwatch i think there's also a free weekend coming up if it's not happening this weekend i should actually Mm. look up that date yeah this weekend oh man apparently starting now oh my god so as of this recording uh you can go ahead and start playing overwatch one of these days i'm gonna get you to start playing overwatch again with me i will someday click on um i'll have my my mouse is hovering over my battle net icon right now but i have not clicked it in like two years i want you to take the plunge and click (laughs) that button you know one of the first videos we ever did was about nex machina that yeah i do recall that because that game is awesome and i like the the devs of that game and they have a new game coming out storm divers so it's a weird name but uh it's a battle royale of course it is (laughs) It seems like in the vein of, have you seen stuff about Realms Royale where it's a battle royale, but you're like wizards? Yeah. And so you have like classes. This seems like another thing that's trying to incorporate classes into a battle royale, but it's like future stuff. So like there's like a a ninja that can turn invisible kind of a thing and like a a heavy guy that has like a barricade kind of a thing, sort of like a titan in uh, Destiny. But yeah, it's like this weird, it seems like post-apocalypse, there's a jetpack guy, uh, the graphics are fine, but it's sort of like, it looks like PUBG, but... More like, like sci-fi fantasy elements? Sci-fi fantasy, there's like crazy storms going on. I assume the storms is like what brings you into the circle, but yeah. there's like a hover bike, there's vehicles, so it looks interesting. I like the developers, so I would almost be interested in uh, checking this out. Did they give like a release or like an alpha no, or beta type of a thing? I don't think so. But it, it did remind me of something. There was a mod that I used to love. I don't know if we've ever talked about it, but maybe we should do a video on it. Did I ever talk to you about, I think it's just called Dystopia? No, I don't remember. It's a mod for uh, Half-Life 2, so it's very old. I used to play it a lot in high school. But it still has some people who are playing it, and it's uh, online-only, like, Overwatch, PvP, team-based. And it's, like, kind of like a cyberpunk setting, and it has classes similar to this. And there's, like, different game modes, but basically a lot of them are just, like, one team are the hackers, and they're trying to get to a core and, like, uh, affect, like, the corporation's core because it's, like, a dystopic future. 
but it's good. I think I'm going to write a note to myself that we should make a video about it because it'd be easy for us to install and play a couple matches. I think you would really like it. Uh, I'm down. I would try it. It sounds interesting to me, so. Yeah, I'll find some stuff on it. Maybe we'll do a video on it this week. So next up, now that we've uh, talked about Storm Divers very briefly, because I don't think we actually know that much about it. but No, just that it exists. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a good developer. I liked Nex Machina a lot. So I, I think, like, there's a whole lot of, like, indie battle royales coming out. It's and true. this one's at least, like, it's an indie dev team, I think, probably. But they're, like, they have, they've made a name for themselves. So it's one to keep an eye on, basically. I agree. Uh, next up, uh, GameSpot, I think, I'm sure a lot of places did, but uh, I saw some gameplay from a new shooter coming out called World War Three, which is... Yeah, tell me about this. I don't know anything about this. So I remember seeing a trailer for it around E3, but I don't remember them talking about it at all at E3. Um, I've never heard of the developer. It's called the the developer is the Farm 51. I've never heard of it before. Uh, but basically if you watch the gameplay of this, it looks almost exactly like Battlefield. Like if you are a fan of Battlefield 3 and Battlefield 4 like the modern Battlefield games, not like the World War 2 ones, you you could watch this gameplay, and if I didn't tell you it was a different game, you you would be like, <laughs> oh, for sure, this is Battlefield. Is this a new Battlefield game, or maybe like a mod for Battlefield three or four? Uh, but no, this is a different game. Uh, but I think the the unique thing about it is that there seems to be like there are vehicles. Uh, but there, I don't think there's necessarily destructible environments. Maybe there are, but I didn't see a lot of that in the, uh, the gameplay, but, uh, there does seem to be something akin to like call of duty's killstreak rewards. Although I don't know if they're like what they're tied to, or if these are just like things that you can use periodically throughout, uh, you know, like on cooldown or something. Uh, but multiple times you'll see the guy that's playing the game like get out this uh, sort of like a it's almost like a drone but it's like this rocket thing that you can sort of fly around and go uh, crash it and blow somebody up Uh, but the map like the the layout of everything the like HUD elements the the map uh, the weapons themselves like pretty much everything looks like Battlefield Uh, which is crazy to me. And so what I actually thought this reminded me the most of because of the fact that it's kind of Battlefield with some like Call of Duty elements, I was thinking maybe this is like the spiritual successor to Medal of Honor. Do you remember that game? There was like Mm. two of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They tried to make a modern version of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it didn't really work out for them. Yeah, those are the ones I'm talking about. So like... Back when, like, Call of Duty comes out every single year, right? And that's an Activision thing. EA wanted to compete with that, but they they do Battlefield every other year, so they needed to have, like, an every other year release to, like, fill the gap so that they can, you know, sales, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, they wanted to have competition, so they had, like, uh, DICE's B team, I guess, uh, sort of revive the Medal of Honor franchise as this sort of it's supposed to be kind of Call of Duty esque version of Battlefield that's like s- smaller maps and instead of kill streak rewards you had score chain rewards where like just like helping your team out and uh, doing different things would like get you these things that you could use but you had the option between like an offensive or a defensive thing so like the offensive thing would be like um an airstrike of some sort and then or like the defensive thing would be uav i might not be remembering that exactly correctly but it was something like that basically and so the idea of it i thought was not that bad the only thing is it was like it wasn't as good as Call of Duty, but it also wasn't as good as Battlefield, so it just didn't <laughs> sell that well. Like, the graphics were kind of a little bit muddy. They they 
um, like the lighting and texture work was not as good and um, the sounds weren't quite as like loud and in your face as they are in like Battlefield. Like Battlefield sounds are amazing. And um, so it was kind of a step down in pretty much every single way possible. And so that's why it didn't sell well and it just didn't have the legs that like Battlefield and Call of Duty have. And then Mm -hmm. after like two or three releases, they obviously switched to from Medal of Honor and Battlefield rotating every year. They started doing Battlefield and Battlefront, uh, Star Wars Battlefront. And this game, this World War III game, reminds me a lot of that where it's like, it looks like Battlefield. It probably feels like Battlefield, but the graphics are not quite as sharp. The it's a little bit hazy. It's not. It's. It looks probably better than Medal of Honor did, but um, it doesn't look like Dice or like the Frostbite engine necessarily. But it looks close. So I don't know. It kind of reminds me of that. I'm watching right now. Oh, he just got in a tank. Like it's definitely very realistic, and it seems as though it's just a straight up death match. So. Uh, yeah, from from the outset, I would say, uh, similar to Medal of Honor, where, like, it's sort of an imitation of Battlefield. So, like, like why is anybody going to play it over Battlefield? But it, this kind of leads into the next th- story I wanted to talk about and the fact that uh, Battlefield 5's pre-orders are down. Like, their numbers are weaker than expected. And so maybe people will play this because it's modern it's not world war ii and it looks like it probably plays quite a bit like battlefield but it's just uh you know it's not battlefield so i guess maybe people are going to be looking for something like this uh and i i do think the reason why battlefield 5's uh pre-orders are down probably have a lot to do with the fact that it's coming out between call of duty and red dead redemption Mm. so that's not helping it but also there's been this whole controversy about you know like this female character on the cover and there's like female soldiers or whatever and so you have a lot of people complaining about that because they are saying it's you know world war ii it's not accurate or whatever uh, which is not something I've ever particularly needed my uh, online shooters to be. So I don't know why it's that big of an issue. But Zach, I have two things. Okay. Speaking of things being super accurate, didn't you think the graphics of The Division were super, super accurate and realistic? Yes. Something you told... Uh, what You were talking about an engine when you were talking about... Uh, I think Call of Duty or Battlefield that was like a super good engine that looked super sharp. Yeah, Dice's Frostbite engine. Frostbite. The Snowdrop engine is what powered the division and gave it its visual fidelity. Okay. I just I thought that was interesting because I was playing Mario Rabbids earlier today and I noticed <laughs> that that is on the Snowdrop engine. Oh, that, that makes sense. It's Ubisoft's. So this is Isn't a, that crazy? This is another thing that EA and Ubisoft are apparently doing. I wonder if the new Assassin's Creed is also on that Snowdrop engine or not. But oh, interesting. That would be a thing to look at because EA is like, we have this really powerful engine that looks really, really good. Yeah. So they're making like all their uh, all their various developers uh, use it to build their games now. Like, Bioware is working with it for Anthem, and, you know, they used it for Dragon Age Inquisition and uh, Andromeda, although you can throw that game out. Um, (laughs) But even Madden was made on the the Frostbite engine this year. I think it's the first time. That makes sense to me. I don't think it really gave them any changes worth uh, noting, but... Yeah, everybody's switching over at EA uh, to the Frostbite engine. And so it would make sense if Ubisoft was doing the same thing with the Snowdrop engine. The Division 2 apparently is on the same engine. But anyway, my second thing, I just thought that was weird. The second thing, uh, speaking of Battlefield Five, did we talk about how in that last trailer there was a little tease oh. of the Battle Royale? 
I don't know if we got around to it or not, uh, but it was a very, very brief tease. You don't really see anything. It seems as though, I mean, it was intent. It was like a lot going on. But uh, the, the main takeaway I took from it was that the wall or whatever, you know, there's like the gas or like the storm that's slowly enclosing the circle. It appears to be just like fire and destruction of the level because Battlefield can do something no other game can, which is their destructive environment. So like you're going to see real like uh, levolution as the circle gets smaller and smaller, which I think is a new interesting element to a battle royale true but you would want the destruction to be like sort of change the playable space and not necessarily the stuff that you can't really go to anymore well i mean like if you're in like so right now in PUBG, uh if you're like outside of the circle you're gonna be slowly dying like maybe quickly depending on how small the circle is but if you were in like a four-story building and like this edge of the circle hits that building and all of a sudden it is on fire and crumbling to the ground like that's a very different play experience true i guess it would be like so the the circle that's closing in sort of represents like apocalypse basically because of how crazy the war is that i mean that's just speculation on my part but it seems as though yeah just just like a ring of fire and destruction like i don't know if you can survive outside of the circle yeah I bet you just get set on fire, and if you make yeah, it back be. in, you can heal up. But that that's now, the game I'm more interested in, honestly. Uh, like, we, we've talked briefly about my impressions of the Call of Duty Black Ops 4 beta, and, like, obviously their Battle Royale mode has yet to come out. I'm more, but the I'm kind beta of, for that is happening soon. It will happen soon. I'm, I'm more interested to find out what the battlefield uh royale mode ends up being like yeah very interesting stuff and also i mean red dead redemption royale is right around the corner as well but there's nothing about that i'm gonna skip to the next thing real quick and then we can come back but uh in the same vein PUBG, they have this have you heard about this like fix PUBG campaign no the developers of pub player knows battlegrounds basically like hey our game has problems with it, and we want to acknowledge that. <laughs> so uh, we're doing this big campaign. It's called Fix PUBG, and we're going to take a lot of community advice and sort of like there's all these things they're doing. They're going to like optimize the game, and something people have been asking for since day one is a training mode because like if you want to get good at the game, it's difficult to do that because you sort of drop in and then like you're dead basically. So I've been saying this that. Is, <laughs> this is... Uh, a map it's like a 2k by 2k map and it's got everything it's got a shooting range it's got a driving range it's got a range for practicing parachuting it's got a range for practicing close quarters combat a range for practicing like the throwables it's basically what everyone wants it's like a way to single player improve your skills as a player before dropping into the big game how is that going to work? Are there going to be like AI bots to shoot or will other know, players drop in? I think you can probably start a server and play with friends, but I assume it'll be like Overwatch's thing sort of where there are like you can have moving targets and whatnot. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I can see that. The other thing would be like we talked about them maybe adding like a just a regular deathmatch type of a thing with like a smaller map. And that I would mean, be, they had that sort of with the war mode. Yeah, and then it would be like a that would how would be how they train people to get good at the like core mechanics of it. But this can be. It says between five and twenty people can play together in uh, the dedicated two square kilometer map, and uh, it's it's good because like I have always wondered like like what are the differences between the different like vertical grips and things like that. And with this, I will have a clean environment to test out and like really figure out how bullet drop works. Cause I feel like I'm still not good at zeroing no. and uh, this will make, I'm definitely going to check this out. Cause I think it'll be really fun to hone my skills and jump back in. We should definitely do a video on it once it's available. Yeah, for sure. That's a good idea. But circling back to what we skipped over, Zach, did you ever play Diablo three? I didn't, but I have the feeling that I will have another chance to play it pretty soon. When I was in, man, when I was in like middle school or like maybe elementary school, I feel like 
everybody was playing Diablo and it was like so good. And then Diablo 3 came out and I feel like everybody was playing it and they never stopped playing it. Like they had some controversies, but uh, in general, it's just like a very well-supported game and it's coming to Switch. You know why? Because it's Blizzard. You're right. It's that's that same theme and it's playable. I think it's like playable in any format. Like we can take off two Joy-Cons and like we can play co-op together. That would be cool. I do kind of want to play this on Switch. Uh, I've played, uh, what are those Diablo knockoff games? Mm, I don't know. I can't remember the name of them. What's the, like, what happens in the games? Uh, I think they were on, like, console initially. It was supposed to be Diablo for consoles, basically, and then eventually Diablo 3 came out on consoles. That sounds familiar to me, but... What is the name of it? I gotta open my Steam library now. Torchlight. Oh, Torchlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't you have, like, you could get, like, a dog that would bring back your loot in that game? I don't know anything about Torchlight, actually. You could have a pet, I think, and I don't remember. It's been so long since I played Torchlight, but, yeah, that was a fun game. I liked, I kind of liked the gameplay of it, and Diablo is, like, what... It's like the genre-defining one, which is basically, like, Blizzard's whole thing. Like, they take this thing that already existed, and they make their own version of it, and it ends up being, like... Iconic. Yeah. This is Diablo 3 in every DLC that was ever released. This is, like, the complete Diablo 3 Ultimate Edition. Are you a fan of I, of the Diablo games? Not super... I don't think I've ever played one, but I see the appeal of it for sure. Yeah. I've watched people play them, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I've never really gotten into them. I mean, it's definitely, it's like a isometric version of Destiny in a lot of ways. That's true. Because it's all about that loot, you know? Yeah. Uh, but the, I think the exciting thing to me about this announcement is that it's a Blizzard game coming out on a Nintendo console. So. Good point. So this makes it seem like maybe we'll get Overwatch on the Switch. <laughs> Wouldn't that be crazy? That's the thing I want, even though like I'll probably still keep playing it on PC. But And you know, they'd probably have cross-platform with PC. I hope they don't do that. I mean, Because Fortnite has that. I They do, but like there's no... I don't think there's cross-platform Overwatch between like Xbox and PC. Yet. Yet. We just got to keep putting pressure on Sony and eventually <laughs> everything will be crass. Like it's going to be because cr- imagine it's like imagine a world. This is a world that's going to happen probably where like there's going to be events in games that are just like ongoing like Destiny where it's like PlayStation versus Xbox. and You can like log on and play against the other console. That's like what kids are going to have. And they're going to be like, what do you mean? PlayStation Xbox couldn't talk to each other. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, that's my version of the future, at least. I mean, that might happen one of these days. But here's a crazy thing that I was thinking about while you were saying all of that. Do you realize that Fortnite is, like, cross-platform between everything, including phone? Isn't that crazy? Now, is it cross-platform? When they say that, do they just mean, like, you can play your same account on all platforms? Or do they really mean... Like, somebody on PC is playing against somebody on console who's playing against somebody on a phone. You know, that's a good question. I don't know. Definitely people on PC would have the advantage. I think that's how it is for Minecraft. If you have the, like, Windows 10 version of Minecraft or whatever, uh, like, PC and console and, like, iPad and whatever can all play on the same server. I felt super old asking that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, like... I don't know about your uh, college experience right now, but like I mentioned I had a YouTube channel about video games in one of my classes and everyone was like, oh yeah, you probably like do a bunch of Fortnite stuff, right? And I was like, no, I don't do any Fortnite stuff. But like, that's like every teen's uh, interpretation of like games. I mean, it's like, it's bigger than Minecraft was, I feel like. Yeah, it's for sure bigger than Minecraft at this point because yeah, if you talk about gaming at all like that's the one thing people think about right now 
It's crazy. It's the it's the thing that people that don't play games or know pretty much anything about games. That's the one they they all know about. I I mean, I, right now you see if you go to Target, there's an entire aisle of Minecraft stuff, and I wonder how easy it would be. Like, I wonder if we're gonna see Fortnite stuff. I guess I haven't been to a Target in a while, but how could they do that? Because you just like customize your. There's not characters in that, you know, and there's not NPCs. Well, but they they have. Uh, marketing material that have just a custom character there and it's clear enough that oh, okay that's Fortnite. yeah but i wonder like when we're gonna start to see like like uh I, the really cool thing we haven't talked about but uh nerf is putting out overwatch weapons like they have a version of uh reaper's shotguns and like diva's pistol when she's out of her mech i wonder if we'll start to see like replica guns from uh Fortnite like via nerf and stuff i'm surprised we haven't already yeah i'm sure somebody will jump on that eventually too much money to be made speaking of money to be saved this kind of ties in everything we've been talking about but uh thq nordic they made or have the license for at least the darksiders games and i have played both of these and Zel- uh, they are what do we call them zelda warlikes zelda, zelda, of, war. zelda of war yeah these are quintessential zelda of war games more so the first one but it's uh they've got a very unique art style and it's basically the story of the four horsemen each game is a horseman uh the first one you play as war and the second one is death i think i don't remember i've played both of them but they're from old console generations and they're both great like you're running around you're playing you're collecting souls you're buying upgrades to your weapons it's everything you want it to be it's like zelda it even it's got portal elements even like you get a portal gun in the first one and thq nordic is doing a big steam sale right now and you get dark souls one and two for five dollars for both of them until august 27th uh, and I feel like it's a crazy good deal because they're both really good games and I feel like no one ever talks about them. Yeah, they've probably just been like out for so long at this point. Although didn't they do like a recent like remaster re-release or whatever? They did, yeah. There's like a HD remaster for consoles. But I think the reason they're doing this is because the third one is coming out, I think fairly soon. And you play as Wrath, who is like a female horseman and has a whip. I'm trying to remember what War's main weapon was. I think it was just a big sword. And then Death's weapon was a scythe. I think I played the first one, but I don't remember if I finished it. Um, The first one had a lot of backtracking, which I was not super into. But the second one I thought was really, really good. And I just like, you get so many cool, like, new mobility options and interesting weapons. I just, I poured so much time into these games because they're just so, it's like, uh, I think one thing I like Zelda is a great game, but one thing that is maybe not great at is like it doesn't have the most deep combat system, which is fine. It doesn't need it. Yeah. But this has a really deep like combo, like God of War almost uh, fighting system. But it's got the Zelda puzzles. It's got gadgets you're collecting that change your traversal options. Like it's got it all, and it's got an interesting art style and some great voice acting all around. Just like the first and the second one are, I feel like great games if you've got some time you don't really have anything in your list of things you're gonna play and uh it's only five dollars right now for two well, giant is games this just on steam is this also on console i guess it couldn't oh, be. i don't know i guess i don't think it is yeah i think it's only on pc yeah which i mean i agree the art style is great for these but yeah uh if you it's i guess it sucks if you don't have uh you know, a good gaming PC, or I guess I mean, you probably these don't also, need a. Yeah, these came out forever ago. Like, uh, these. I think this was released in 2015, so it's not going to take a lot to run these. Like, especially the first one, Darksiders War Mastered Edition. Uh, it can probably run on pretty much anything. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. This is definitely a deal that you should uh pick up on, especially if you're planning at some point to get like a a new gaming pc or just a new pc in general like you can just go ahead and buy these for like five bucks and you'll just have like you'll have them forever you'll have them forever but you also have them just like waiting for you for the next time you've you know got nothing else going on so good definitely check them out well i want to talk about stuff we've been playing and watching 
Yes, I have not done been doing any playing or watching lately because I have been getting into school. But you, uh, it seems like you watch something, Zach. I mean, it's not that I have not been getting into school. Uh, I don't want to make it seem like I'm slacking off, but I, <laughs> I did take the time to watch a movie that uh, I remember. I used to write a film blog, and so every week I would, like, run down all the latest releases, and I remember when this movie came out. It's called Your Name, which is a weird title for a movie, but it's a a Japanese uh, animated movie, and... I remember the, uh, seeing the trailer for us and I was like, I really want to see this, but there's like no way to see it because it's definitely not coming out here. Mm-hmm. And then like a year later you were like, Oh, by the way, I saw this movie, your name, it's super good and you should watch it. And I was like, that was the movie that I wanted to see that one time. Uh, and then like a couple of years later, probably, um, I finally got around to watching it. And, uh, yeah, it was super good. You know, it's the number one anime movie ever in Japan. Yeah, it uh, it did very, very well uh, in Japan. And I think it did well, pretty well uh, worldwide as well. But, yeah, I don't remember what the numbers were. But You know what is crazy about it? I assume you watched it on Amazon? Uh, I watched it on Google Play, actually. Oh, you did? So was it dubbed or subbed? It was dubbed. Okay, so... You know that song that plays during like montages? Yeah. It's in English, right? Yes. It's also, it's it's by the same guy. I watched the subbed version because I had just like downloaded it illegally back in the day. <laughs> but um, that song is in Japanese. And so uh, it's like a really good song. And so I was like, oh, I'll watch the trailer for the dubbed version to see if like what the voices sound like. And the same song happened and it was the same singer but it was in English, and it blew my mind. Yeah, Radwimps is this, like, I think they're a Japanese band, and they just, like... They've got to be. Yeah, and they, they did all the music for this uh, this movie, and apparently they did all of it for the English version as well. It's crazy. But anyway, yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, so you liked it a lot? I did, yeah. It reminded me, I was uh, texting you this, it reminded me kind of of a Japanese author I like a lot, Haruki Murakami, because like, the elements of his stories are always like, some, there's like some sort of mystery to be solved, like some mysterious things are happening, usually like someone's missing or somebody's looking for something and mm-hmm. there's like some sort of like almost supernatural thing that's happening and th- it's always very engrossing and i felt very similarly about this uh this movie as well did you ever see the lake house with sandra bullock and keanu reeves no i did not but i've heard people talking about it all the time i don't know why this movie comes up a lot it's got a similar plot to this does it really you should watch it. I mean... W- and then it's based on a Korean movie that is also very similar to this that you should watch. What's the name of that one? Uh, one second. <laughs> I mean, we should say, so this Your Name movie is about these uh, teenagers, uh, a boy and a girl, and they eventually, like, there's this comet that's, like, passing very close by the Earth, and you can kind of see it, like, streaking across the sky. And as a, all of that's happening or whatever, there's, like, some weird things start happening. And, like, when they fall asleep, uh, these two teenagers, they will start, like, swapping bodies. And so they'll wake up. And they have swapped bodies and they uh, just kind of like, well, that's a weird thing that's happened and I don't know what to do about <laughs> it. And uh, and one of them lives in the country and one of them lives in like downtown Tokyo. Yeah one, of them, yeah, one of them's in Tokyo. One of them's in this really rural place. So they like meet and uh, make friends with uh, the other person's friends as that person, which is hard to explain, I guess. And because their personality is so different from the body that they're in, the people that they talk to, like, they're like, oh, you're you're really different today or whatever. And so, like, their relationships with those people start being affected by it. And that's 
all very interesting. And uh, they eventually start trying to look for each other and figure out what's going on. It's very good. The Korean one is called Il Mare. Oh, uh, and it's not as good as The Lake House. But and it's not as good as uh, Your Name. I would say Your Name of these three movies is the best iteration. Are they all body swap movies? I won't say. But uh, I was going to say something else about it. What was it? Um, oh, you know what? Another movie I think you would like that is in some ways similar. Have you ever heard of Summer Wars? No. That's something you should check out if you're looking for another movie to watch. I think in some ways it's very, very similar to Your Name. It has nothing to do with body swapping, and it's not nearly as engrossing. But uh, it's another beautifully animated anime movie. I'm always up for another good anime movie or TV show. Zach, did you know? This is, this is my new did you know segment. Oh, starting a new one, huh? Did you know your name has been optioned to be turned into an American movie? I did know that. I, I actually was looking stuff up about the movie after I watched it and saw that, was it J.J. Abrams? Yeah. Wants to, uh, like, they bought the rights to it and he wants to make an American adaptation of it. What, how would you adapt this because the girl can't work at a shrine in america yeah that's the question how would it work what would she be doing in a small town also is it going to be animated or like live action no it'll be live action all white are they just remaking the lake house i mean that would be great no so you should watch the lake house before you draw too many parallels (laughs) because there's only one thing that's similar to it but i mean it's it's an interesting thought experiment like what could the girl like what's their connection because their connection in the movie, I guess we shouldn't get too much into spoilers because everybody should watch this, but like her working at that shrine is integral in some ways to their connection. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, I'm not really sure what everyone's roles would be. Like his life wouldn't be that much different. It's just like living in like New York City yeah, or something. Yeah, just some big city, yeah. Yeah, but hers would have to be very interesting because yeah. she'd have to live in a rural town. It would have to be rural, but it would also almost have to have like some sort of like Japanese cultural thing going on. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. That's an interesting question. I don't know. I, I feel like I don't want a lot of these American adaptations of movies like this. Mm-hmm. One, because it's like a lot of filmmakers in Hollywood know for some of the classics, like you don't remake them, right? Like you, you're <laughs> nobody's remaking Citizen Kane or no. um, Casablanca. Like they don't. Well, I mean, they don't. They did remake Ben Hur. True, but for like a lot of them, like you don't remake them because they just they don't need remaking. They like hold up on their own. And this, like, sure, it's an anime thing, so maybe it like a Western audience is not like. It's sort of a niche thing here in America being like super into anime. Which is crazy. It's insane that like it's an entire, there's so many different kinds of anime and like every, like just walking around in the world, I feel like a majority of people are just like, oh yeah, I've never seen an anime, which is insane. It's insane that like, like such a small percentage of people in America have seen like Akira. I know. Well, uh, but I will say the theater here in town had uh, Hayao Miyazaki like marathon happening. Where Miyazaki is like a special case, I feel like, because like Spirit Away won that Oscar. True, but that I feel like those are the only ones that people know about. But they yeah, they are aware of them, and so I don't know why it doesn't. I don't know, make them want to seek out more of it. Like not saying like saying like I don't like anime is like saying like oh I don't like comedy movies or like something that's just like incredibly broad you know like basically saying like i don't like movies which is i guess some people say that but like it's crazy it is crazy to me and it's true a lot of people don't realize like how many different types of anime there are like anime is just like basically an art style and there's so many different genres yeah. The, yeah, it is basically like saying, well, I just don't like movies or I don't like TV shows. It's crazy. Like, uh, my girlfriend was not super into anime, but I've been getting her into it. And we watched, um, oh, man, what is it called? It was a new anime last fall or last spring, maybe. It was called, like, uh, hold on, please. 
a place further than the universe. It was this uh, one season anime that was only 13 episodes long, but like it was just about these girls and they decided to go to Antarctica and there was some subplots. But like during the last episode, my girlfriend was just like weeping because it was like so emotionally impactful. And I don't think people realize, like, when they think about anime, they just think about, like, Dragon Ball Z or something, or just, like, people yelling and, like, emitting power nodes or whatever. Yeah. But uh, there's, like, some very emotional... I mean, just like your name. Your name is, like, very emotionally impactful. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with these, like, superhumans, like, throwing balls of energy at each other. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Well, and another one, another good one, if you're, like, trying to, like feel out what anime is all about and like why you should be into it um death note is a pretty good one to like sort of get your feet wet with because it's also not about like it is very japanese and that's why i think the netflix uh american adaptation of that did not work out at all Mm. uh but like the just the whole idea of like what am i trying to think of Ryuji, is that his name? That's his name, right? The oh, what do they call the Death Gods? Shin Shinigami. Shinigami. Yeah, right. the whole idea of that just is like completely foreign in America, and so the idea of trying to like use that to adapt it to like a Western version of that just kind of doesn't work just right out of the gate, but. Uh, anyway, yeah, the, it's a good one because you have these two people who are like super intelligent, but one of them's like committing crimes basically, and the other one's like this highly intelligent detective. And so, like, they're both sort of, uh, it's like a battle of wits basically to see who can make the other one slip up. And so they're kind of battling each other to. And it's, it gets really intense, but also, like, just there's so many, like, super artistic ways that the uh, animators went about some of the elements of that show. Like, one of the things that stood out to me that I remember specifically was there's this visual part where the the bad guy, basically, who has the death note, and if he writes somebody's name in it and he, like, knows their face... like they die right and so he like figures out this one person like what her name is and like and so you know he's gonna like write her name in the death note and she's gonna die and i think she even like figures it out but it's like too late to stop it at that point and so like you see her kind of walking away and like the environment around her just sort of like changes and starts looking like a staircase that she's walking up to like a noose basically like this is like visual um stuff that you don't get in other mediums and it's like super effective and super affecting and it's that's why anime i think is great i agree this is definitely like Definitely watch the first half of Death Note. Yeah, I yeah, I would agree with that. I There's <laughs> a, a very specific point where it's okay to stop on Death Note, and you'll probably know once you get there. But, I mean, it, it's only like 30-some episodes as well, so it's yeah. not like you don't have to commit to like a nine-season thing or something. But Speaking of, I mean, this has sort of become our anime episode, but... Uh, a quick shout out to uh, Psychopaths, if you've never watched that. When you were talking about like battles of wits between like a villain and a hero, that's like a I would say genuinely upsetting anime. Like there's some very, very upsetting stuff that happens in that anime. Uh, but it is very interesting and similar to that because it's just like about a very intelligent detective and like a, a very intelligent guy who's committing insane crimes, but it's in a world where everyone has like these uh everyone has like defined by a color like everyone's mental state is constantly being checked and if it like gets like too dark a shade then they get turned and they basically have to go to prison so like everyone is always happy all the time because they've like given themselves over to uh like the system but anyway we should wrap it up because we're just gonna talk about anime for the next (laughs) hour if we don't we're gonna start uh like a separate anime podcast but anime corner that'd be great that already exists, but, doesn't it? 
probably. I'm sure there's thousands of podcasts <laughs> about anime. Uh, anyway, those are our recommendations. Uh, check them out. Let us know what you thought. And follow us on Twitter. What about this? Actually, hold on a second. What if next week we both come with like top five animes we've watched? Oh, gosh. Would you be into that? Uh, yeah. Uh, Let's I, do that I next like week. the idea of having like recommendations at the end of the show. We're going to be mm-hmm. like, hey, we're into this right now. You should check it out. I agree with that. And maybe maybe like a top five thing could be a way of doing that sort of. Excellent. Okay. Well, yeah, you should you should wrap the show. <laughs> I was just, that's something I was thinking about. Yeah. So follow us on Twitter and uh, subscribe on YouTube and leave us your comments and feedback. And uh, thanks for listening. Oh, also send us an email at starsidecafe at gmail.com. And we might even read it out on the podcast. Yes. Any comments or questions you have, if you are an independent developer who wants coverage on their game, like hit us up and we'll talk about your game. I would definitely do that. Any advice for next week? Stay in school, kids, just like Zach and I. Sometimes even go back to school, kids. Definitely go back to school. It's what all the cool kids are doing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, on that note, we'll see you next time. Goodbye.